When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. It's a T20 World Cup party. Adam Collins, Brad Sander racing with you throughout the course of the afternoon here at Adelaide City of Churches. And we've got a couple of guests with us, Baz. We said we promised that England would be represented in the show. I know they're not everyone's favourite tonight. Everyone is wanting that final at the MCG. I say everybody. Yeah. Everyone, every neutral fan is after the the final between Pakistan and India at the G. But not these guys. Dean Wilson from the Mirror, George DeBell from the Cricketer magazine in the UK. Good afternoon, gents. Dino, uh, you've rushed to your spot there. Uh, you're back in Adelaide, uh, a city that occasionally has been kind to England across the journey. They haven't played here in this tournament, though, and it'll be a used pitch tonight. Your thoughts? Yeah, afternoon, uh, Colo uh, and Barrett. I, yeah, I, I'm glad to be here, actually. I haven't been here for a, a little while. Didn't make it to Adelaide during the last uh, Ashes tour. Of course. Um, mm-hmm. Minor things, sort of COVID thing. <laughs> I don't know what, what that was about. But, um, yeah, so great to be back and beautiful ground. Really enjoyed having a, a little walk around there over the last couple of days. And, yeah, as you say, you say used pitch, which kind of indicates maybe an issue with it. But, uh, to be honest, I don't think there was an issue with it at all. It looks... Absolutely fantastic. That being said, I've not seen it since maybe lightning struck it. Uh, <laughs> it felt like uh, my, my, my hotel, the lightning uh, landed within within a kilometre and the thunder to go with it. So we better just check that the pitch hasn't been cracked by that. But uh, no, look, really looking forward to the game. I think it's going to be a belter. I think there's going to be a lot of runs uh, and something that we can all really get behind. Yeah, that was quite the storm overnight, George, wasn't it? It's, it's mm. clear now and we don't expect rain or affect play later this evening. But uh, I think everybody woke up in their hotel rooms this morning thinking, boy, this is something else. Yeah, it was fantastic. I was on the top floor of the same hotel as Dino. It was, uh, it was spectacular. It was absolutely <laughs> wonderful. It was great. Uh, George, you were here last year when, when England lost, uh, in the end, in the final session of mm. day five in, the, in that day-night test against Australia. But uh-huh. you've, you've got happy memories here from 10-11 when, when England came out victorious and set up their Ashes win. So it's not, even though Australia have had the better of it in, in recent times, you, you've got some happy memories to draw down on. Well, loads of happy memories. I've been in Adelaide. I love it. Um, yeah, 10-11 feels like a long time ago. I was really glad to be at that because it's been a lot of tests since. Was it three series we've been here since? Yes. And we haven't <laughs> seen the win. Um, I think that game in Brisbane, by the way, was the first time I've ever seen England win a game in Brisbane. Right. Uh, so, you know, lots of firsts. There's that theory, isn't there? Shield Berry, our colleague from The Telegraph in the UK, advances that you can't win in Brisbane if you're an England touring side without at least a month's preparation. It's that different to other parts of Australia, but it was a, a smash and grab effort last week to keep England in the tournament, winning by 20 runs over the Black Caps. Is that what they say, that it takes a month? I, didn't, I haven't heard that before, but England basically had an afternoon's practice before yes. the last Ashes, <laughs> and funnily enough, didn't turn out that well. That wasn't a, a vintage trip, of course. I think I got COVID on that trip. Everyone goes to Sydney to hear the fireworks from the hotel room, don't they? <laughs> Good times. At least, thankfully, Joe Root is not in Adelaide. He doesn't have very happy memories from his trip last last year. Get, kept getting hit in the nether regions repeatedly. I do remember him trying to board, a, board the team bus. I was just grabbing a car across the road. It 
I could. It was painful. It Didn't was painful. he play great cricket? He kept Nathan Lyon out of the out of the side as a spinner. Prospect, he did. Yeah, yeah prospect. Yeah. yeah, there you go. But happier memories from uh, before. But hey, guys, a lot of talk of Australia not waking up to this World Cup. Australian fans, anyway. Like, what's the reaction been like in England? Do people care? <laughs> what, that Australia been knocked out? No, 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 no. no I'm <laughs> on the England team. It's already a I think. I think. You know. Uh, one tick is getting to the semi-final and, and the second tick is Australia not being there. Um, <laughs> no, look, obviously the two countries are, are, are classically intertwined. Um, I, I don't think that it's perhaps quite caught the imagination in that regard back in England, partly because of the time difference. Obviously, people not um, being able to dial into it, although you can wake up first thing in the morning mm. and, and if you're sure. so inclined, you know, tune in. Um, but look... Uh, I think ultimately, you know, there is so much cricket around. We know we are forever involved in the game and, and it's hard to keep up sometimes. And so I think actually what happens is you get to a tournament like this and it sort of bubbles along and you have your kind of peaks and troughs. You have those high moments when the Netherlands beat South Africa or Ireland beat England, mm. absolutely. But really, it's sort of the business end is where it comes alive. And actually, a semi-final against India for England is a huge event in and of itself uh, and I think people really will be dialed in uh, to this one. Well, this is the stage that England made last year in the UAE they they were the team to beat or so it mm -hmm. felt going into the semi-finals and uh, New Zealand managed to, to steal it from them in the last couple of overs with uh, it was uh, Jimmy Neesham wasn't it right at the end there with uh, Daryl well, Mitchell. Mitchell. The, look, the reason that England keep losing at this stage is the reason they lost in 16 because they made the final in 16. Yes, of mm. course. You may remember. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that remember the name. Yep, something uh, like that. And it was very painful. And the reason they lost in 21 is the same, death bowling. Mm. Right. And I'm not positive they've solved that. I mean, actually, they got to this stage of the tournament through really excellent bowling, and the batting actually hasn't really fired yet. But I, uh, that, that, that's still the worry. Yeah, it's it, an added layer of complexity tonight, isn't it? Mark Wood has got a brilliant record since returning from injury. 18 wickets at 10, I think I read this morning. He's been going at just before this tournament and since we've started uh, here in Australia. Um, it's, it's still touch and go whether he'll play? We don't think he is. don't think so. Oh. so I mean, did we ever get to the bottom of what's wrong with him, Dino? I, I think yesterday it was general soreness, but it must be more than that to keep a bowler of Wood's capacity out of a World Cup semi. Look, I, 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 all I think is it, it's something to do with his leg. I, I, I did watch him go through his... Oh, that's really insightful, isn't it? His leg. <laughs> uh, <laughs> athlete with sore leg. Um I did watch his fitness uh, test as it was. He was doing some sprints on the uh, outfield at Adelaide yesterday. Um, and I did notice as he kind of walked off um, between uh, sprinting and then doing some bowling, he was kind of favouring his right upper leg. So maybe mm -hmm. something there. I mean, that's just from, from what I saw. So we haven't been told officially exactly what it is, but you suspect there's a there's an injury there somewhere. Which I, I have is seen it this morning. Out. We have breakfast at the uh, tables next to each other mm -hmm. and he was oh. he, he was keeping his cards yeah Virat was there as well oh, so. of course he was um, I was there first I think they were following <laughs> uh, he, he um, wouldn't actually say but he looked quite downcast and he said I'll see you at the ground rather than I said good luck and he went I'll see you at the ground I took that to be <laughs> a bad sign but uh, look you've got to remember what he is he is an outright fast bowler he doesn't have a slower ball mm. I suspect that uh you know, if it were Richard Hadley or Dennis Lilly, they'd be able to play. Mm. They'd be able to do to lean back on other skills. Well, what's that stat from during the, the tournament so far? He's, He's bowled, bowled 31 <laughs> deliveries above 150 clicks. The next highest on that measure is Anrik Nokia 
with eight balls, so that there is that big gap, isn't there? I was just about to pull that. We've all seen the same tweet on TV last night. I sent it to our WhatsApp group today. But even better, thirty-one balls over over one fifty. I think there were fifty total balls on the screen. So sixty-two percent. There we go. Take that. Well done. Sixty-two percent of the fastest balls in the tournament. I mean, you know, pace is such a great asset. Of course, it is in cricket, but it can also go the distance, especially when you're up against someone like, you know, Rohit Sharma or, oh, it's or a Virat Kohli. It's a huge loss. But, you know, I've seen, you know, I, I remember asking Virat, in fact, one of the players that may well uh, take over from uh, Mark Wood today, possibly, is Tamar Mills. Mm. You know, he's capable of bowling at that speed as well. Maybe not as often. He does mix it up with slower balls and variations. But I remember when he burst onto the scene just before he got that deal... Yeah. Uh, over a million dollars at the IPL yeah. um, must be about sort of six or seven six years ago. Years ago yeah. um, but he really burst on the scene in that series against India, and I remember asking Vera, you know, what's it like? You know, how how are you getting ready to face this this exoset, you know, extreme pace of Timar Mills? And he just kind of relaxed, smiled, and says, "Yeah, I face ninety mile an hour bowling <laughs> all day long. I, I eat ninety mile an hour bowling for <laughs> breakfast, or the equivalent thereof." And and it's true when you you know you you got reactions like a cat, like so many of these Indian batsmen, pace can go. So you do need to use it well. So it was your question to Virat Kohli that got Mills that big deal. Basically, that's what you're angling at. Absolutely, but unfortunately, I didn't get my cut, so still waiting. <laughs> T, if you're listening, still waiting, mate. <laughs> Not yet. Hey, one question to Josh Butler was about, oh, how much he speaks to Owen Morgan. And he, at one point, said, this is my team. He's not captain anymore. Has it started feeling like Josh Butler's team yet? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I, I don't think there's a, a huge distinction between the two. I think they're really close. And it was the... It's just an evolving nature of the team. Mm. I do think um, it feels a little bit different. I don't think Alex Hales would be played, for example, if Owen was still captain. I, I, I don't think, as I say, it's not a revolution, it's evolution. But the, the more interesting thing, I think, will be what happens next because I think quite a, a lot of these players are at the end of their mm. lifespan in, at this level. Uh, so the real changes maybe to come, it hasn't felt that different, do you think? Uh, perhaps not. I, th- I mean, I think that Owen Morgan, no doubt, you know, did a lot of great things as captain. And, and you know, if you if you've got something that works and and that's right, you, you know, you'd be a fool to get rid of it just for the for the sake of it. And I think Josh Butler is no fool. Uh, George is right about Alex Hales. Although interestingly, I did speak to Owen yesterday, and if you read the Mirror this morning, you'll see that he's <laughs> very complimentary about Alex Hales and his performances. You know, two really good knocks against New Zealand and Sri Lanka to get England to the semi-final. So Owen Morgan, you know, certainly not bearing any grudges on that on that front. But it, it is an evolving process. I think Joss Butler is very keen to make sure that they don't just hang on to the past. Everything mm. about Owen Morgan has been about looking forward, yeah. about trying to push the limits, advance the game, advance the, 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 the team. I think Joss Butler is trying to do the same thing by leaving Owen behind hmm. and pushing things forward in his own way. And, and really, Owen quit at just the right moment. He, he was a fading force as a player. There's not much doubt about it. Uh, and, and he got the balance between having a bit of self-belief, uh, giving himself a chance to prove his worth, and then realising and retiring. I think he got that balance spot on in, in a very selfless way. So he, he left the team in a pretty good place. And uh, the, the thing they both have in common is they were both here in 2015, which genuinely was rough <laughs> as an English you know, cricket lover, I suppose. Uh, they were beaten all around Australia, and, and, and the chasm between them and the rest was obvious. And they were part of that. They, they were part of the pain of that. 
And there's been no looking back. Five semi-finals, you know, five global limited over tournaments yeah. since. Semi-finals of all of them. A little bit, you know, these things, you have to remember how bad England were yeah, for how long. These are glory days, really. Whatever happens now. Uh, George, we're just going to pause and take a break on our coverage here in Adelaide City of Churches before the second semi-final between England and India. When we return, we'll talk about the game tonight, the matchups, and, well, Ben Stokes, that man, back in form on Saturday night against Sri Lanka. Can he do it again in the winner-takes-all semi-final? About 40 minutes left of Colo and Baz's World Cup party. Thanks to Brick Lane for lovers and makers of great beer. Drink responsibly and for the Master Builders Victoria. Get expert legal support. Become a Master Builders Victoria member today. We are very pleased to have Dean Wilson from the Daily Mirror. George DeBell from the Cricketer Magazine in the UK with us talking all things England. Uh, both of you, you men know Ben Stokes very well. You've both written about him, written with him for that matter, over the last 10 years or so. There were... A number of critics from, let's call it T20 land, who, who focus <laughs> specifically on the analytics of the game, who said there was no room for Ben Stokes in this side. Others, who don't just view cricket through spreadsheets, perhaps, thought, well, he could be important in a clutch situation. And so it was on Saturday when he made 42 not out when they needed to win, George. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good leading question, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you I mean, love him, George. That's why. Uh, yeah. Well, I think, he, uh, God, it's such a joy to be reporting on a side which has him in it because sure. it's always something to write about. Uh, he's one of the players you want to turn up and watch every day. Mm. Yeah, of course he is. I think that uh, something I'm always reminded that statistics, uh, the average person has one testicle and one tit. You've got to be so careful with statistics. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even sure where to take that. <laughs> the point being, you can do anything with data. You can do anything with it. It's exactly the same as letters and words. You can rearrange it whatever order you like. But if you don't think Ben Stokes is really good at cricket, you need to uh, have a moment. Anyway, yeah, when everyone was losing their head the other day, he kept his and he got England over the line. Has he been at his best so far? Hell no. Uh, is he quite near the end, maybe, as an all-format player? Yeah, yeah, he probably is. I mean, th there are a lot of miles in that knee and it seems to be hard work. Sure. But he's also one of the most economical seamers in the tournament. Uh, he's been fantastic in the field. And you just feel that if he gets a bit more cricket in him, which he's now had, that was the longest T20 innings of his international career, then he could still probably do something special, you know, score at a much quicker strike rate. Uh, he hasn't played very much T20 internationally just because of his, well, partly because of injuries, partly because of private stuff, and partly because uh, they've tried to rest him. But there's a lot more to come from him, I think, and I think that innings will have helped a lot. We spoke with Zainab Abbas about Pakistan earlier, Dino, and, and the emphasis on their opening partnership, Barbara Azam, Mohamed Rizwan. We didn't really think England would be set up that way, but so far, no England middle-order players more, made more than 60 runs cumulatively through mm. the World Cup. It's been a lot about Alex Hales and Josh Butler, whether one of those two fire, but not so much about the men in the middle, Harry Brook, Liam Livingston, Stokes to an extent. Uh, in, in all probability, they'll be needed tonight in this semi against India because they, they get wickets in the power play. Yeah, I, I think that's where I think, in fact, the, the word that I would use to kind of describe the way this tournament has evolved is power play, actually. That is yeah. where batting mm. has really taken on such huge importance, um, largely, I think, because of fielding restrictions, um, because I think it has allowed the openers to really, you know, throw their hands at the ball uh, as and when they can. And obviously, a harder ball, it's still moving, you know, it's obviously there's more swing and seam movement in this tournament because of the weather. But uh, just watching some terrific players really get stuck in the middle overs as the ball gets a bit softer, as it gets harder to, to pierce those boundaries. Boundaries are bigger, obviously, mm. out in Australia as well. So it has been quite hard work. I, I do think that 
perhaps we might see something slightly akin to what we might call normal T20 rules here in terms of maybe some slightly bigger hitting for longer. Certainly, that's England's intention. Um, but uh, look, I, I think if you're uh, a Liam Livingston, a Moeen Ali uh, type player, Surya Kumar, y- Yadav, you know, your natural instinct is to hit that ball as hard as you can, as sweetly timed as you can, um, and, and take a risk. You know, these guys are not the best players in the world because they play conservative cricket. They play risky cricket, exciting cricket, and maybe, just maybe, tonight I think we'll see it come off for, for more players than just the openers uh, in both teams. Well, we've spoken about the skills and the technique and the tactics. It'll come down to can England hold their nerve when 41,500 Indians are cheering on for their team and some 400 England Barmies in 10 of you are <laughs> supporting England. Uh, there are some big match players here, a lot of them with... IPL experience as well, but do you think they can hold their nerve? Well, I, I definitely think they can hold their nerve, I, and I actually th- and I believe them when they talk about getting excited by that kind of challenge. I think there was a time when that would intimidate and mm-hmm. daunt certain players. You know, um, having to produce their skills under pressure in front of a, a baying crowd like that. But no, I think that this this generation that that's what it's all about. That's what they love. That's what they're. They're here to do, um, and actually, I think they, they see it as a almost as a, a validation, as a sign of respect that it's it's even harder against an India or Pakistan with that support. But and you come through that, you know, the huge tick for you. The support's quite nice, though. You know, <laughs> Indian supporters are massively enthusiastic and they're raucous, but they're not unpleasant. Mm. I mean, England mm. have played here against Australia. True, true, true. Uh, and, and sometimes the uh, atmosphere at the Ashes is downright hostile. You know. So I don't think they'll be intimidated by that at all. I, I, I'm genuinely not at all concerned about uh, the players being overawed. I'm more worried about them being outskilled. Mm. See, the, the issue that England have had so far in this tournament is the batting hasn't fired and the bowling's over-delivered. I'm slightly concerned they go into this match on a better wicket and the cutters won't be as effective and the batters haven't really found form against a very skillful bowling attack. So England's record in this tournament be spin is a worry. Mm. Uh, they're actually not hitting that many boundaries. And as you say, the, the middle order hasn't particularly fired. It's not, of course, about individuals. It's about winning. It's about a team. And the good thing with England is they bat deep as hell. But uh, I, I'm more worried about the skills than the, um, the atmosphere. I'm not saying we're a pessimistic nation. But, uh, <laughs> uh, George, you're not winning too many trophies with that kind of approach. Uh, well, maybe worried, it might worried be, about what we can't do. Well, it might be <laughs> something to do with guys who haven't necessarily been to this ground, or maybe not this ground. Phil Salt, I'm thinking of. He has played for the, the Strikers in the Big Bash League a, a couple of years ago. But um, to those who haven't watched much of Salt, relatively new to the international arena, if he does come in for Darba Milan tonight, what can you expect? He'll smash it. I mean, he'll try and smash it. He's yep. a very, very aggressive player. He's more aggressive, actually, than well, probably any of them in the top order. So he should probably come in at three. And I think he'll be more aggressive than anyone else in the top four, including Joss Butler. An interesting backstory as well, Dino, for for, uh, for Phil Salt. Wasn't sort of straight away through the English pathway. No, absolutely. I think he's actually more Bayesian than me, um, <laughs> even though my dad's from Barbados. Um, yeah, spent uh, you know his formative years out there and um, you know has, has come back over to, to the UK um, now playing at Lancashire, and, and as George says, you know, a terrifically um, devastating uh, top order batsman. I, I think where he bats kind of depends on the state of the game. So yeah, I think that if uh, if England were to lose an opener within 
three overs in the power play, then yeah, absolutely get him in there and, and, and let him crack on. I think if they were to lose a wicket in the eighth or ninth over mm. with a platform built, then actually Ben Stokes is the one who comes in and then you know accumulates and builds and, and sets them up for a, a, a really big finish as well. So I think England absolutely are going to adapt to the, the circumstance. I think they kind of learned that lesson the hard way against Ireland. Um, but yeah, I think that Phil Salt, he's been itching to, to get a go from what I, I hear, what I hear, but also what I've seen about the way he's carried on at Nets. He's absolutely been teeing off and timing it beautifully. There. He looks the best of them at the um, Nets. He's the one who's sure. stuck out. And, yeah. and, and, and he's the one who faces the bowlers. That's what one thing that Mark Wood yeah. said to us is that, you know, most batsmen, why would you want to face a 150 clip bowler for fun? Um, they like to face the dog thrower or throwdowns mm. from the coaches. Mm. Phil Salt says, no, no, come on, Woody. Come on, Wokesy. Come <laughs> on, guys. Bowl to me at the Nets and I'll, and I'll have a go at you. And also wears wonderfully bright red shoes to the Nets, which always helps. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, spotting where Phil Salt is. Another guy we haven't spoken about who's uh, been a revelation during this World Cup is Sam Curran. I, I picked Terrific. your brains on him yeah. yesterday. Um, brilliant in the death, uh, and you spoke about death bowling being a problem, but he has really stood on, and he's no, one of he's those. He's been terrific. He, you're absolutely right. But but one thing with that, and I don't want to take anything away because I've written about him several times this World Cup, and you're right, he has been the standout player for England. He's, you know, uh, matured fantastically well. He's a terrific cricketer. All I would say is that they have played on wickets that maybe have suited mm. him a wee bit in that his cutters have gripped. There's lots to like about him, but I just wonder... Also, they've, they've played with massive square boundaries very often. Yeah. And so that slower ball cutter grips, people mishit it, and it goes to a boundary catch. If you mishit it here, it still goes for six. Mm. They're literally 20 metres shorter, the boundaries, on each side, yeah. 20 metres than at the Gabber or Perth. Well, that's a big difference. If you remember all the outfield catches that have been taken off him, that Pfeiffer, I think they were all outfield yeah. catches. So that, that's a little worry. But again, Dina, as Dina points out, I'm no coach here. I'm a pessimistic. <laughs> Listen, I was brought up watching England be thrashed. <laughs> you got that Sam Curran. By it. Yeah, fair enough, too. Uh, Sam Curran, a death in this tournament. Well, 40 deliveries. He's conceded 32 runs for seven wickets and conceded just one boundary Brilliant. in the last five mm. overs. So it puts him into some perspective. And he'll just love how it, well by the way. He won't, he, there's no chance he'll be overawed. Absolutely. He'll be absolutely oh, he loving being thrown the ball for the key moments. Uh, I've got a positive for you on, on the way out of our chat here. A text line 0488. 11-16, the 40 Winks temper text machine. Good afternoon, Adam. Showing my age here, but I remember the 1987 World Cup in India when it got to the semi-final stage. Everybody expected it to be mm. India-Pakistan final, yet it ended up being Australia-England. Mm. India will have the majority of the support tonight, but England will not be overawed, says Whoa. Derek in Brisbane. I think it was Eddie Hemmings helped yes. roll England to victory in yes. that one. I pretended to be sick at school so I could watch it. I think that's the last time <laughs> England beat India in a World Cup elimination game. I've got a feeling. Interesting. So I mean, there's something to grasp onto. It was effectively elimination in 2019, if you remember, actually. Of Edgbaston. course, yes. But, yeah. that's, a, that's a good start. Yes, that was the, the day that Johnny Bairstow came to play and kept England in the tournament. Of course, they went on to win it. Uh, George DeBell, Dean Wilson, wonderful to have you both on SEN this afternoon on the Collo and Baz uh, World Cup party. Baz? Yeah, everybody's better when Dean Wilson and George DeBell join, right? I, yeah. I, I absolutely agree with you. Hey, here's the big call out. I've been promising, we've been promising for two and a half hours that there is a quiz coming. The Bazalenko All Sport Super Quiz is coming up soon. Get your calls in. one 736 736 Thanks to Werribee Kia. Get those calls in now. We'll put you in the queue. And if you're the last caller standing, you'll win a truckload of prizes. Back in a sec. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. 
Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.